and welcome to another episode of Unearthing Paranormalcy, the podcast that digs into the paranormal and tries to find normalcy in the topic. I'm Amy. I'm Dave. And I'm Chad. And this week we've got another alien episode. But before we get to the extraterrestrials, I heard from some listeners this week. From From some of our terrestrials? Some of our terrestrials, yes. I don't know. They might be warehouse. Oh. They I didn't specifically ask. Maybe that's something I should start asking now of our <laughs> listeners. Are you a were cow? Are you a dragon? Are you a dragon? <laughs> Are you a dragon? <laughs> you gotta poke them too. <laughs> so one of them left us a very nice comment on Facebook. And it reads Love y'all show. Very informational and funny. I listen to y'all on Spotify. And so far, I'm only halfway through 2019. Well, he's got a lot of awesomeness to come. That was from Stephen. Because 2020 was probably my favorite year of our episodes. I mean, we've done great episodes every year, but we did some really good ones in 2020. Well, yeah. thank you, Stephen. I'm trying to think that would be like around our area, like around episode 50-ish? Area 51 episode, maybe? Maybe. He's now just getting into the Pleiadix. Pleiadix, unite! And then I had two brothers message me on Instagram. Bouncing wow wow. You know, I like them brothers. No. <laughs> just kidding, y'all. Uh, it's like the Joe Dirt. You're my sister. You're my sister. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically saying the same thing, that we, we're awesome. But I think they're awesome, too, because they listen to us. Um, but actually, one of the, they, they both told me about this really cool haunted hotel in Pennsylvania. And we're totally going to have to either do a haunted hotel part two. Yeah. Or do a haunted road trip in Pennsylvania soon. <gasps> I'm down for either. I'm down for either. I think it's about time for a haunted hotels part two. Yeah. Because there's a whole lot more haunted hotels in the four that we cover. It's already also almost time for a road trip. So yeah, we we got all kinds of good stuff. But thank you guys for um, messaging me. We love to hear from our listeners, even if it's just praising us. We love that. <laughs> if you've got an awesome story to tell us, we love that even more. Um, if you tell us an awesome story and praise us, you go forever in our favorite fans list. So it's true. <laughs> Come and join our group. Yeah, if you're on Facebook, get on Facebook, join our Facebook group. Yeah. We're always on there communicating with each other. Um, it's a whole lot more active than our page. Yeah. Yeah. We got a Discord server, too. Uh, we mostly use that just to kind of link up and play games like Among Us and little stuff like that. But we'll chat in it, too. Yep. Yeah. In fact, last week we had to record an episode on it. So yeah. Yeah. you might see us in there in a little recording room and you know that we're we're getting... Amped up for the next episode. We're on air. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I hope that never happens again. Yeah. Um, we all tested negative. We We're are, all safe. We are all corona free. Although I've had two coronas tonight. <laughs> um, Don't be calling into work now. Oh, uh, those are corona extras too. Yes. They're tiny little bottles. I only buy the seven ounce ones because then I can drink more of them and not get as like sloshed. Say the cor- coronarita. Coronarita. Makes it look like you have They're baby bottles. And uh, yes, I can drink the full six pack. And it's only like drinking 
three of the <laughs> regular sized ones. So I don't get sloshed. So <laughs> she can feel like an alcoholic <laughs> without being an alcoholic. But yes, I've had two of those tonight. They're quite tasty. It's been so long since I've had a beer. Um, yeah, Dave was like, let's get drunk for this episode. So what do I do? I'm like, ooh, that means I can drink my Coronas. And then nobody else drinks with me. So <laughs> I was just joking. So it was get Amy sloshed tonight for the podcast. <laughs> now my my reasoning behind that was whenever we do our cryptid episodes, Eli's usually high. So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, when we do our alien episodes, let's be drunk. I say I gotta do a drunk podcast tomorrow. But so. Chad and I come up with great alien theories without being drunk. So this might hinder it. I don't know, but I'm tempted to go grab a third. <laughs> oh, that's right. Um, you're, you're recording on Grog's... Uh, yeah, we're doing an inauguration episode yeah. of Presidents. Yes. Be a lot of fun. A lot it's of drinking. Like drunk history with the yeah. Presidents. Yeah, from what I hear, it's supposed to be like non-political, just kind of yep. like fun facts and then pretty much just have a drink. A minute per president, some drinking, and joking. It sounds fun. I'm looking forward to it. So I'm check looking, that should be coming out soon, guys. I'm looking forward to listening to it. Yeah. Every episode of Grognostis is like a party. <laughs> I was I was quite disappointed that they only wanted one of us. Yeah. Well, but, I think there's five or six of us doing it. But so. I, I feel oh, wow. like of... It's a bunch of different people. The three of us at this table right now, you by far are probably the heavier of the... Or the, the better for the drinking. Yeah. Because you, not, you already drink occasionally yeah. whereas like dave and i like this is the first time i've had beer in like a, almost uh, a year yeah. like <laughs> i'd be sloshed by my first president <laughs> i'd be like garfield he's a cat <laughs> <laughs> but on to aliens dave you want to start us off while i go grab my third cor- corona rita absolutely on September 1st, 1969, <laughs> nice. at least 40 people in Massachusetts reported seeing an unidentified flying object in Berkshire County. One witness, Thomas Reed, who was just a boy at the time, claimed that his family and him were taken aboard, but he doesn't like it being called an abduction, since he has never used that word to describe the encounter. She, she, she just leave. <laughs> Later, guys. You're just in the bottle opener. Oh. Out the- <laughs> I got that keychain one. There's a bottle opener on the grill. <laughs> I forgot about that. You didn't leave the cap out there, did you? One of those soap bubbles? Well, beer bubbles. <laughs> yeah, it's soap bubbles. Instead of flying, I like to put a little dot in my grill. <laughs> <laughs> hey, feeds their own. I heard people eating Tide Pods. I'm if it's pretty. good enough to clean ducks, it must be good enough to clean out your mouth. <laughs> Other witnesses describe missing time phenomena along with do, this event. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. This left many people who saw a dish-shaped... A dish Damn. <laughs> this left many people who saw a disc-shaped craft with strange lights bewildered. Whoa, man. Like, it's like a CD. It is the late 60s. Oh, we got quotes in this one. It's like a record, bro. But in the sky with diamonds. Lucy in the sky with diamonds. 
Stories of this UFO sighting reached all over America, and according to Thomas Reed... The papers and the stories have gotten so ridiculous that the truth had been lost. First of all, they keep using the cornball te- terminology you might find, the abduction stuff. That's not what happened. Our family is very credible. We're not a bunch of lunatics. There is a replica of this vessel seen on that clear night back in 69 on display at the International UFO Museum in Roswell, New Mexico. So let's dig into the event known as the 1969 Berkshire's UFO Encounter. Interesting enough, if you've got Netflix and you go to the... Unsolved Mysteries. The new one. I like mysteries. (laughs) This is one of the episodes in the first season. When we picked this, I forgot all about that episode. But when I watched it the first time, I thought, ooh, this is an interesting case. We need to cover this. Mm -hmm. I think we talked about it like right after we all watched it. And we were like, we'll cover that at some point. And then we just completely forgot. Yeah. And then when I was thinking about uh, episodes, we were looking at alien episodes to cover. And it was like, hey, let's do this case. And then in the research, we found out it was on there. So we had to watch it again. Yeah, I was going to watch it today to refresh myself. And my Netflix got logged out. And I don't remember the login information. Uh-oh. So. The Berkshires is in the rural highlands of western Massachusetts. It is a popular destination for tourists, particularly hikers and nature lovers, due to its large areas of wilderness dotted with occasional small towns. On the evening of September 1st, 1969, strange lights were seen in the skies above one of these small towns in the southern Berkshires named Sheffield. The lights were described as performing acrobatic maneuvers. It is unclear exactly how long this UFO stuck around. Over 40 people would come forward with reports concerning this light phenomena. Now, it was doing acrobatics? Maybe it was just Circus Soleil putting on a free show to like draw people in. I didn't even think of that. Like... Were, was, were they around back in 69? I don't know. Okay, Google. When did Circus Delay was it founded? June 16th, 1984, Bay St. Paul, Canada. That was 84. If you ever feel like humming along to a tune while making dinner, just say, play music. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Google. <laughs> play music. Hey, Google, go Super Saiyan. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> not, you like me. That's funny. Thomas Reed, who was nine years old at the time, was riding in a car with his mother, grandmother, and brother, heading home from their restaurant, Village on the Green. As they were driving from Sky Butternut in Great Barrington over the Sheffield Bridge, the grandmother was the first to see it. Thomas Reed says of the incident. Butternut. I was giving my brother a five-buck candy. My grandmother turned around and to see some lights coming up, what looked like from behind the bridge of trees. We all looked at it because it was kind of self-contained glow. It rose up a little bit. It looked like it followed the dirt road. 
which I'm sure it probably didn't, but it appeared that way because we could see it through the trees. The light started to bleed through, and once we broke into a little bit of a clearing, we could see inside the car. So the light was flooding inside the car. The strange lights continued to spill out from behind the trees as the family crossed the covered Sheffield Bridge. But they didn't know what to make of the sight. After this, they saw a strange amber glow on both sides of the dirt road, as if the light was flying next to or over their car. Dun, dun, dun. Then there was that last thing we really remembered from the station wagon. It came to a stop off the right side of the road. Everything got real calm. It was like being in the middle of a hurricane. There was like a barometric change in pressure. It was just like a dead silence. And then there was an eruption of crickets and frogs. and It got really loud and that was it. Then we remember bits and pieces of being like in a hangar. Other people there. It was quite confusing. Now, we do remember being in what looked like an airplane hangar. We didn't stay in the car. We were removed from the vehicle. That's true. Where we were, I don't know. Then, out of nowhere, they were back in the car. But his grandmother and mother had switched spots. They soon realized they had lost two hours of time. The lights were also gone. They may have recalled seeing large insect-like creatures. But it was kind of hard to separate the sensationalism from the original story. And since it wasn't a quote, the insectoid creatures are up for debate. It'd be really cool if it was an insectoid, because there aren't many cases that I've heard of insectoid encounters. You know? So it'd be kind of cool. Most of the encounters you hear about are greys. Uh, yeah. Greys and Pleiadians. And reptilians. And reptilians. Yeah, those are probably the most common ones. We encountered something. It definitely was not of this world. We had, we had a black and white television at the time, and the imagery that we saw on the, this thing was unbelievable. There were lights that looked like fluorescent tubing inside the hangar. This hangar thing we were in was huge. It was larger than a football field. This hallway we had seen was circular with a Y configuration, almost to control the flow of traffic. Then this one room had a boat-in wall that was rounded. This was not something you would have seen in the 1969 anywhere else. I have no idea where I was. But I know what I saw was very different than anything I'd seen today, 50 years later. I have to point out the striking resemblance to Travis Walton. And the striking resemblance to the spaceship must travel. They were curved rooms. And well, that's because the UFOs were circle. <laughs> that's weird how a circle... Has round things. And then there was a Y configuration. So he had to go left or right. <laughs> what? He did. And then the doom the doomed the domed ceiling. I wonder if he touched a Whoa. button if stars appeared. I got something else that ties into that later. Oh. Just saying. There's some correlations. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> this wasn't Reed's first encounter with UFOs. He says he saw a vessel at his family's property in 1966 They're and 1967. That actually is very common with UFO 
abductees, they tend to have multiple encounters prior to their abduction. Yeah, or at least sightings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Reed family were not the only ones to report seeing the UFO. WSBS, the local radio station, broadcasted accounts of the event. General Manager David Isby said, We had the listeners call the radio station that evening. At the time, they didn't know it was a UFO. They just, you know, called the station to say something bizarre was here was happening. Unfortunately, efforts were not made to save the tapes from that night's broadcast. Despite the station manager reporting on the sightings and asking for anyone to phone in who had also seen the UFO. The Great Barrington Historical Society recognized it as, quote, the first off-world UFO case in U.S. history, unquote. Formally inducting the story in February 2015, describing it as, quote, significant and true, unquote. After reviewing contemporaneous news coverage, witness statements, and polygraph results, the Society's director, Debbie Opperman, at some point said, From our perspective, it is a significant historical event, basically because it was an event that was important to many people in the South County at the time. There were several eyewitnesses, and WSBS reported on it, so it is a historical significance. The director of the society in 2018, Robert Kroll, said of the school children who were drawing the UFOs in class. Children were coming into the school talking about the event. An old student of mine, one is a local shop owner whose father was the police chief in town. So these are reliable people. These are not self-promoters. Thomas Reed said, They must have been 20, 30 sketches that were drawn by children in our fourth grade class from what they saw. They hung underneath our class board in Sheffield Center School. More than one of those hang in the Roswell Museum today. People don't realize the significance of this. And so, it wasn't just us. Jane Green saw a huge flying saucer-like object in the sky while driving through the area. Tom Warner and Melanie Kirkdorfer also recalled being abducted and taken aboard the UFO. Tom Warner claimed to have made telepathic contact with an alien He ran out of Debbie Shaw's house, who was babysitting him at the time. She ran after him, and he got trapped in a peculiar beam. Beam me up, Scotty. He described it as he was running in place, but was not moving. Doing the running man. Yeah, that's kind of how he described Mm -hmm. it. Debbie witnessed this, and then he suddenly disappeared. Where did he go? Where did he go, George? Where did he go? Tom Warner believes he was taken aboard a spaceship and dropped back off minutes later. Melanie Kirkdorfer witnessed other children from her class when she was taken aboard the alien craft before being returned back to Earth, way out by the lake. This was a remarkable event for this area. And a more remarkable thing was that every single witness that came forward not only described a similar UFO, which would be huge, resembling a flying saucer, 
flying through the sky and making no sound. Every single witness also experienced missing time phenomena. Thomas Reed described life after the incident. Although it was tough to think about, they were nightmares. Days when my brother and I had to sleep in the living room on the sofa and love seat. We didn't want to go in our room. We wanted to stay downstairs and our parents would stay down there with us because we were pretty shook up about it. I was scared, nervous, upset about what took place and couldn't make sense of it. But now it's historic. In 1992, the event was brought to the United Nations by the Reed family's attorney. There was a discussion by the agency pondering the creation of a special unit to study unidentified flying objects. Reed said his father, who was planning on writing a book about the family's experience, passed away 14 years later on the very day, quote, under questionable circumstances, unquote. Bum, bum, bum. The most vocal witness to the 1969 encounter, Thomas Reed, convinced other witnesses to pull together enough money for a 5,000-pound concrete monument to be erected by the covered Shepfield Bridge where Reed and his family encountered the UFO. The Great Barrington Historical Society director Opperman said the public response was mixed, some praising it as a bold step, while traditionalists have remained skeptical. In August of 2015, a granite monument was unveiled near Sheffield Bridge. The monument, a six-foot-tall white concrete block bearing a plaque from Governor Charlie Baker's office embedded on one side and the Massachusetts seal on the other. The plaque reads in part, quote, this governor's citation, in recognized of the off-world incident on September 1st, 1969, which engaged the Reed family, which has been established, unquote. Not everyone was happy with the monument. Some were surprised by the size of it. A large granite brick adorned with a plaque, reading, quote, The official induction of our nation's first off-world UFO incident, Others were upset it was a privately funded monument appearing in a prominent location near the Sheffield Bridge. Benches and lighting were also installed around the monument. Later, Reed formed the non-profit UFO Monument Park with the mission of maintaining the plot of land where the monument stood. In September, just weeks after the monument's dedication, a vandal spray-painted the monument. The Sheffield Police Chief Eric Munson said it was Just strictly graffiti. No words. There was some controversy in town when it got put up. So it would it could have been somebody there. It could have been some kids trying to make their mark on it. So if it was just strictly graffiti and no words, and it was suspected to be kids, I'm going to guess it was a big dick. What do you think it would have been? <laughs> well, yes, it was a very big phallic symbol. Veins um, and pubes included. Um, it was very detailed. Um, 
Was there um, ejaculant squirting out the tip? Uh, no, there was no gooey <laughs> <laughs> It was a very nice. callous uh, graffiti. <laughs> it was very callous, huh? Very. <laughs> was it callous or calloused? <laughs> <laughs> callous. <laughs> I mean, it was a 2D object, so the other sides could have been calloused. I, I don't really look that close. Did you touch it? I did not touch the phallus. <laughs> did you taste it? No. <laughs> did you do it? Yeah. No. <laughs> now, Reed said... It could have been that somebody took offense to the topic, but nobody really knows why I got vandalized. Because somebody was a dickhead. That's why I got vandalized. That's why most things get vandalized. Somebody's being a dickhead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Reed then took action to fix the monument, having it refaced. Over the next few years, tensions grew over the Berkshire UFO monument. Disagreements between those who believed the UFO monument marked a significant event in the town's history, and those who saw the monument as an eyesore. Don't look away. According to a land survey, the monument was located in a right-of-way owned by the town. Wait, I'm just going to throw this out there. Our city has some interesting looking artwork throughout yeah. the city. Some of it I find pretty darn ugly, but it's not my place to have it removed. Yeah. I mean, the artist that created it thinks it's a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. It's just my personal opinion that I think the tornado of paperwork hanging from string in front of our library Looks like trash. Yeah. And it's also very, what's the word where, like very problematic to people who have suffered through tornadoes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean. It's literally, I, 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 that's one of the two that I'm thinking of in my <laughs> head. Now if, now, if it was like a monument to like our library that got carried off by a tornado, I get it. Yeah. But this just kind of seems in bad taste. Well, it's supposed to be the pages coming to life as you read them. Release of knowledge. I personally think it looks horrendous. It would look cool if there was a way to suspend the paper without all the wires paying down. There's like this net of wires hanging above it. And it just, it, I hate it. But Beauty is in the eye of the precisely. beholder. Precisely. It's not yeah. my place to go and vandalize it or go and try to move to have it taken down. The artist concept, the concept of it was beautiful. I saw the artist concept. But there was absolutely no way to recreate that in a 3D image without making it look tacky. Yeah. And I understand that. But like I said, it's not my place. So whether they like these monuments or not... It's not their place. I mean, ugh, sorry. Soapbox, <laughs> stepping down. I shouldn't have a fourth beer. <laughs> Reed had said there were no issues with the town's official during the plans to build the UFO monument. But town administrator Rhonda LeBombard argued. It's kind of on town property and no one decided on it or decided it could go there. The town has bylaws and... And if we let just one place put something up, then why can't someone else? I don't want that to happen. 
She chose the spot herself. Reed said of the bombard. <laughs> it sounds so similar to the stuff that goes on in this town. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Other parties withdrew support for the monument. Shortly prior to this in 2018, a spokesperson for Massachusetts, Governor Charlie Baker, whose signature was sealed onto the monument, told the Boston Globe that the signature was issued in error. It sounded to me more and more like men in black came into this town and into this state. Yeah, or it really just speaks to how divided we became over the past five years on <laughs> every topic, True. including UFO monuments. <laughs> I'm going to go with men in black. I'm going with both. Maybe the men in black are the reason for the division. Or maybe the men in maybe. black... Or the result of the division. Ooh. Because the Great Barrington Historical Society, which described the Berkshire UFO sighting as a quote, significant and true event in 2015, withdrew their support as well. Kroll said, I think the Historical Society regrets that our word or our decision has taken out of context. He also added that though the incident was significant to the town, the organization should not have focused on one individual. I could agree there. I could agree. But he is the one who started the funding for it. In 2019, about four years after it was built, the town's attorney's assessment that the monument had been built on town property paved the way for its removal and the town hauled it away. Selectman Martin Mistoff informed. The monument was removed at considerable expense to the town. Unfortunately, the party responsible was not responsive. And I couldn't find out how much they paid to have the monument carried away. Not nearly as much as it paid, it paid to put it there. That should have gone right back to the Reed and his foundation. Yep. Now, we had quite a bit of argument in the past, what was it, about eight years ago about a monument that was at our Capitol grounds? Uh, the Satanic Monument? Was yeah. Eight years ago? Well, first, it was a Ten Commandments monument. Yes. And then the city came out and said, no, we, we envision the state. Was it the state capital? Oh, yeah, the state capital. And they said, no, we envision a place where all religions can be represented in this area. And then as soon as the Satanic Temple wanted to put up a statue, they were like, let's go ahead and just get all these monuments out of here. And then they <laughs> tore that one down. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that was that was quite a big deal here. It was a pretty... The, actually, it actually looked it was a, cool. Oh, way cooler <laughs> statue than the Ten Commandments statue. <laughs> just going to say, a lot more creative creativity on the Satan side. <laughs> now the Ten Commandments statue was also designed by I think was it Universal Studios whoever did the Ten Commandments movie back in the 60s were the ones that actually made the statues and they shipped out like thousands of them all over the country and most cities just put them in storage because they were like well, we're not putting up this religious thing we're separating church and state man I honestly was pretty impressed that Oklahoma had said no we want all the religions represented because that's not an Oklahoma thing no. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then 
when the Satan, the church of Satan came and they're like, hey, we're going to put his here. And they were like, okay, we'll do it. I was like, well, this is pretty cool. And then everybody else had to come and whine and cry. We don't want Satan in our state. Well, and it wasn't even Satan. It was a statue of Baphomet. Yeah, it was a really <laughs> freaking awesome looking statue. It was really cool. Like, I would have definitely gone and take pictures next to it. Yeah. I would have been like sitting there like thumbs up. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I was like envisioning all like I thought this would be a really cool Unitarian park where you could go and you could see statues of Christianity and you could see statues of Satanism, Buddhist, Buddhist, the temple. Yeah. And and Baphomet himself represents unity with his male and female aspects above and below, within, without. I was really excited about that. And then, of course, (laughs) the residents of Oklahoma had to go and. Screw that up, but what else yeah. do you expect? <laughs> the Bible Belt. <sighs> right in the damn buckle. And it's one of them big buckles. <laughs> big old dinner plate buckle. <laughs> Thomas Reed has appeared on a number of cable reality shows whose stock and trade is in sensationalism. From paranormal paparazzi to alien mysteries which promised to take the story seriously, but ultimately exaggerated in production. Uncovering aliens even went as far to turn Reed's experience into a tale of alien medical experimentation. Reed said, I was told that it would be factual, and it would be this and that and the other thing. Next thing I know, they've blown it out of proportion. We were promised it would be a biotype film. It was anything but. It was so ridiculous. <laughs> good. You know what? We should have reached out to Mr. Reed and had him on our show because we actually do present the fact. Oh, <laughs> I know yeah. he sounds nothing like no. how I portray. <laughs> but yeah, we we take some artist liberty with the way people sound. Yeah. But we, we try to tell people stories. I would love to sit and listen to his side of the story. Because yeah. Yeah, I bet you there's nothing that we read, unless it came straight from his mouth, that was factual. Or the, the only thing that I said was like those insect aliens, but I think that comes from the sensationalism myself and yeah. not really anything. See, that would be something really interesting. I would want to ask him. be like, hey, yeah. what well, did they look maybe like? Maybe on a later episode. Maybe, maybe one day we will have enough clout to interview people that are like... That would be so cool. I couldn't find Reed's opinion on Netflix's reboot of Unsolved Mysteries, which covered this incident. But I did find an article from ScreenRant.com about what they left out of the episode. All right. While the vast majority of UFO sightings occurred April 1st, 1969, there were additional credible reports which occurred both before and after the first. Which would go along with a lot of like these mass city of it, like these mass sighting events. Mm-hmm. Another fact the show fails to mention is that the events are more widely accepted locally than they are ridiculed. Uh, they make a point of mentioning there is little official record of the event, despite the large number of witnesses. However, the son of the police chief of Sheffield at the time claimed that his father investigated several of the sightings privately, but did not take them seriously. They also don't mention anything about the monument, 
which I thought spoke volumes to the local belief in Reed and other witnesses, at least enough to raise enough money for the monument through private donation. Yeah, I was really surprised when he brought up the monument. I was like, I don't remember a monument yeah. in that sh- in that episode at all. Yeah. And that makes sense, though. They removed it before they did it. And, and in fact, all the research I did, the monument was like the number one thing they were talking about because it has been pretty much... Uh, New news on it with yeah. it happening in the past three, four years. Yeah, 2019, that was five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Roundabout. <laughs> Feels like it. The Unsolved Mystery Show does interview a few skeptics and authorities, uh, which didn't have anything to do with the original investigation. So it kind of seems off topic to discuss their theories since. We're perfectly capable of doing our own theorizing. (laughs) But I do have a good one I stumbled across. All right, stay with me here. (laughs) There is a theory out there that the Berkshires UFO incident was real. And it was payback for the first moon landing. Think about it. The U.S. landed on the moon, allegedly, in July of 1969. Then, just a little over one month later... There's a significant potential alien encounter. I Coincidence? Aliens. <laughs> Get off my lawn! <laughs> oh, you can come to my land. Oh, I'm going to come to your land. I mean, who's to say when we landed on the moon, we didn't abduct some of the air peoples? <gasps> and then they were just like, well, we'll come up to... Actually, it's probably more of a... They made it all the way up here? They must be getting smarter. Let's go probe them. And then they were like, eh, nah. They picked, they picked them up right. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Back you go. <laughs> Shoo. And now in 2019, then, they're like, is it possible to get dumber? <laughs> and then this, this, this brought in the 1970s, and it was like, look, Clorax, they've begun to probe themselves. <laughs> <laughs> now, where were we in the Montauk project at this point? The Montauk Project did not start till 1973 when um, Project Paperclip ended. But didn't they go back to 54? Am I remembering this correctly? I know they went back in time, obviously. They jumped too much, Amy. Um, (laughs) I'm just, I'm I'm working up theories in my head. Here, I can can get it. I'm not good with it. But it seems like the aliens abducted everybody who saw it. And then had them all hanging out together. A lot of children, too. A lot of children. And a lot of children from the same, like, class, it sounds. Yeah. So their teacher was an undercover alien. Or this town was just small enough to only have one third grade or fourth grade class. that's (laughs) That's actually probably a little more... How many cows were in the city? (laughs) (laughs) Let me do the calculations real quick. You're like going too fast with these find these dates and find these facts. Google only works so fast. I I don't need you to find out how many cows were in (laughs) the town of Cowville. Berkshire. Berkshire Berkshire County. County. I'm sure there are a bunch. Um, The Cameron brothers went back to 1943 and that was when the Philadelphia experiment happened Mm -hmm. and then 1963 was when the 
younger Cameron brother was born. The one that the soul got moved in. Or Did maybe it, it was 68. There was a specific number that they tried to skip to, like, year-wise. Was it every 10 years or every 20 years? It was every 20. 20. But that was just to make the portals uh, stable. Large enough, yeah. Stable, so that way they held the um, uh, frequency that Earth carries so people wouldn't go insane inside of it. So it would be logical that they could have gone back at some point to 69. <laughs> they went back to 69. <laughs> <laughs> Child. Actually, one of the more logical thoughts in my head was it was an LSD experiment. Oh, where they spiked like the local water. Yeah, they spiked the local water. Like if, if there was not an alien actual encounter, that it was like a mass hallucination. But typically, mass hallucinations, 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 <laughs> people don't describe the exact same thing. But what if they laced the LSD and then they came in in helicopters <laughs> the and F- they actually did yeah. abduct the people and they put them in a hangar to test their body's reaction to the LSDs, get blood work and all that jazzy stuff, and then they put them back where they caught them. <laughs> I don't like this Pokemon. I'm gonna send it back. That's interesting. You bring that up because they were saying in the unsolved mysteries thing that the mother and the grandmother switched places in the car, and the grandmother never drove. Yeah. So it was almost like they put them all back in the car, but then put her in the wrong spot. Yeah. I don't know. That would be one lot. But but then as that logical girl, as you can get. But then that one girl, she was picked up in town and then dropped off, off by the, the lake. Yeah. yeah. So. And that was interesting to me because like a lot of the missing four one one stuff that I've been reading, that tends to be what happens to the people is they lose a big section of time, and then wake up next to a lake, or next to a river, or inside of a creek, or something like that. Yeah. Um. Which I find interesting that that's there too, but I would expect more people to be by the lake if that was the case. But I also find it weird that, um, I mean, you had the babysitter who even witnessed the kid running. The in kid place. like stuck in place. Well, yeah, she said he was even like picking up dirt and stuff. Yeah, and they disappeared, and then they went looking for him. And he was found on like the back of the property. Yeah, when I came. Yeah, back, he was just laying there. Yeah, and at. I can't remember how many minutes he said. I, I know it wasn't more than ten. Yeah, like yeah, five or ten minutes later. Maybe he said seven. It was a specific number. Say, yeah, he Go came, watch the Netflix thing. Yeah. It's actually really interesting. Like, I, I really him. like that guy because he's the guy that's like, I was uh, coloring my medium at the time was uh, Crayola. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's an artist. Yeah. Well, it, even in that one that wasn't in here is there's a lady who was driving home from work and. Noticed it and then didn't say anything about it because she didn't want to sound crazy. And then years and years later, her son brought it up. No, she was interviewed. She or, was asked to do the show. Oh, she did the show. So okay. she t- called her son to say, "Hey, I'm going to do this show." You know, back in '69, I saw this thing, and he was like, "Wait, we saw the same thing too. We were told not to tell you because Grandma didn't want to worry you." Yeah. Oh yeah, that was Jane Green. Yeah. 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 Uh, that was pretty interesting how people diff- completely different areas of the town yeah saw the same thing and i don't know the, the 
Netflix actually did a really good, or the Unsolved Mysteries did a really good job. I really like the new Unsolved Mysteries. I didn't like season two season as much. Season two's not as good. But. but they didn't have as many way out there cases. Like my favorite episode in season two was the tsunami one. Yeah. With the ghosts. Now, I didn't like the initial format because I liked the first show where it would feature like four or five yeah. cases. But then I also just took into consideration that kind of in our Netflix society, people tend to binge multiple episodes yeah, rather than watch just one on the evening television. So, yeah, I mean, the Netflix episode, or story on it is really good. Yeah. Um, like I said, when we first saw it, I was like, ooh, I needed, we didn't need to do this as an episode. And then I completely forgot about it until I was just scrolling through Google looking for alien cases. And I was like, Hey, this one sounds interesting. And I'm finding that with every podcast, every television program, every movie, even that covers an incident, I can always dig deeper than any of them and find things that nobody else has talked about. I mean, really cool on my theories. I'm going to lean towards they actually saw something that night. Um, mm. I'm always game for aliens. I mean, so. Dave brought up a point uh, a little bit ago while we were taking a break that a lot of the times when you know everyone's got the same story and everything, you start lean more towards it being a hoax because he collaborated the story and everything. But I don't know. For this one, I, I just feel like with all the witnesses and everything i feel like they saw something well the fact when the fact that thomas reed is so outspoken about how it's been so like blown out of proportion yeah when it comes to national stories and shows and stuff that even to me solidifies that he saw something because he's oh, very absolutely. upset about the fact that they are sensationalizing it. Yeah. And they're taken away from the truth. And to me, that adds a little bit more to his credibility. Because if it was something fake, you think I would think that he'd be like, the, you know, uh, yeah, dramatize yeah, it up, do it. Yeah, 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 you know, I don't know. In my head, that's what I think of. Um, but it's kind of along the lines, like they pass polygraph tests. Yeah. Yeah. Along the lines of Travis Walton, they saw something. Oh, absolutely. Whether or not it was <laughs> aliens, who knows? Because that hasn't been proven to be real yet. But it doesn't mean that it's not real. You know Mo- what? Mostly what I was referring to was that outside of these four and five people that talk about it, maybe some of the people were just kind of jumping on it. On the bandwagon, especially yeah. as kids, you know. Yeah. You see all your friends that are sawing a UFO and they're drawing these pictures of it. And you're like, you're like, yeah, I saw it too. I, I saw it too. You yeah. Know. Well, in the Netflix episode, was it, who was it that was the boy who was abducted? Was running in place? Uh, uh, Tom, Thomas Warner. Thomas Warner. He says in that episode that he had seen the, um, the girl, Melanie. Yeah, but she didn't see But him. she hadn't seen him, but he said he had seen her. And yeah. she didn't even, they didn't even really know each other. You know, it's a small town, but he, she was older and, than him. Yeah. And they didn't hang out with the same crowds, anything like that. So they didn't even really know each other. But he remembered seeing her when he saw her later on in life as adults. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know. I think they were both doing one, one of these television shows and they both had shown up and Yeah. That's essentially when they kind of first met and he's like he's like I think I remember seeing you. Yeah. So <clears throat> I mean little things like that add a little bit to the credibility to me at least. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's always going to be skeptics, especially when it comes to UFOs, because I think there are so many people who don't believe in it that just try to shut it all down. And I think those are a lot of dis- disinformation agents. I'm still adamant about that one. Um <laughs> And I mean, religion plays a big part in that. Oh, yeah. If aliens existed, it would throw a lot of major religions out of the picture. Yeah. You know, it would completely alter their belief system. And I think it was, was it last year or the year before? I think even the new Pope, I can't remember his name. He had come out and said that if alien life is discovered, it doesn't change our religion. It adds to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, almost like he's prepping the Catholics for upcoming information. But he's also, but he's also a really cold Pope. I'm down with, he's also very progressive and trying to move it away from the orthodoxy that it has been for the past. I don't know, 50, maybe 100 years. I'm, I'm, I'm not Catholic. So. If there was ever a pope that would draw me to Catholicism, it's this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I like oh, this get dude. Get down uh, with the pope. <laughs> pope. Pope Francis the Something. second. I, I, I'm not Catholic. I don't know. I also like John Paul. He was he was a nice pope, but this guy's like, he speaks my language. He speaks that everybody is equal. Everybody is the same you know, yeah. like, don't worry about other people's actions. Worry about your own. Like, that type of stuff. And I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think, I mean, that's what religion is supposed to be. It's it's an empowering journey for the self. Yeah. It's not supposed to be about correcting what other people are doing. But back onto UFOs. The last the, the six hundred dollars we all just got here in the U.S. I'll, in that bill, there's they have one hundred and eighty days. Yeah. To release all UFO and alien information that was in the bill, waiting to see if it happens. A lot of it's already been released. Stuff about like Project uh, Sign, Project Blue Book. Um. So basically, we're going to see things that are more current than those have yeah. uh, been unveiled. I just want to see if they'll actually follow through. Yeah. Well, was that one? Was it a Canadian guy? There was. It'd be interesting to see their um, investigation into stuff like the Phoenix lights and things because um, I don't think that was ever released. Well, there was there was some high ranking official somewhere. I don't remember what country. Maybe even Israel. Was it Israel or Russia? I don't know. There was the, I think it was the Russian one who came out saying the X amount of aliens that they know know of, like races. And no, that was the Canadian that guy. That was the Canadian guy? No, there was a guy who came out recently who said that... Oh, it was the Israeli um, uh, defense... 
Head of defense, the defense, defense minister, something like that. administrator. I'm not sure what the title. But he called. had come out and he had said, you know, yes, the U.S. is working with extraterrestrials, mm-hmm. and yes, they exist, but they're not ready to show themselves yet because we, as a race of humans, are not ready for that. And and, and the biggest thing the skeptics had about that was. Well, we're probably looking at dementia or early set Alzheimer's with this, you know. That's what they said with the Canadian guy too. And it's like you skeptics can come up with stuff better than that. <laughs> yeah. I, I've I've heard the links yellow go hey, to. <laughs> all I'm saying is if the aliens show themselves, I mean, the ones that are gonna survive are gonna be the ones like us who are just ready for it uh, and I'm, want it to happen. They can show themselves. Darwinism is like this is go like I would totally be down with that. You know what it would you know what would end? This whole bipartisan or this oh, whole yeah. partisan government thing. Either you're gonna give us an enemy to come together with or towards, or those people are gonna go crazy and off themselves while the rest of us are like eh. Or I'll be like, Can I go with you? Yeah. Now, <laughs> now back I guess to the Montauk project. They were opening portals all over the place um, mm-hmm. at random, and some would float around and do weird stuff. So UFO doesn't necessarily mean alien. Yeah, uh, This could be something like this weird light phenomena along with missing time and possible abduction could be time slips, time warps. Well, it could be the, you know, this time war or this time hole or whatever you want to call it, black hole, opened up in town. Brought everyone in, and it brought him into the hangar where they're doing these experiments, mm-hmm. and yeah. then you know spit him back out. I I am not. I mean, I am not a hundred percent convinced that it's not time time travel is what UFOs are. Yeah, I'm, I mean, there's, that, that's one of your biggest theories. That's one of my yeah. Um, I'm not. I mean, that is still high on my list of probabilities on what quote-unquote UFOs are, is that it is just time travelers that come back to different points in time. And then there's also, like, um, other dimensional beings. Like, uh, when we were covering the Pukwudgie, the Pukwudgie has a, <laughs> has a light being that's attached to them, usually. Yeah. So they <laughs> see the, the light being <laughs> there, and, and these things, they traveled in between the uh, different planes of existence that just kind of overlap on each other. I mean, yeah. we've talked about this kind of stuff da, before da, with ba, da, hermeticism da, and occultism and where, where the fey folk live, where the spirit world, things like that. So, I mean, that's very well where they could have gone into the astral world. And there's some interesting stuff in the astral world. I mean, it's, if you ever seen South Park, like Imagination Land, yeah. that's the kind of stuff that's in the astral world. It's the things that people imagine and dream up. And what was that movie we were watching that they were going into the brain? It was the show, Lock and Key. Yeah, yeah. That one had a whole lot of uh, cultic symbolism in yeah. it in regards that. to that. That's really good. Another show. I've started a lot of shows that I've just never finished. I've done that too. But yeah. Um, and... Um, Occultist like Madame Blavatsky have proposed that the astral realm is where we go when we dream, which is why it's so surreal. So, I mean, it could be somewhere where they're slipping into this while they're conscious. I mean, I, I, lose, fog? 
I lose hours of time every night when I dream. I mean, how how many times have you woken up and you're like, I don't even know what freaking time it is till you look at a clock. Yeah. Well, there's times where it's, I look at the clock and go, I swear I've only been asleep for like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's four hours later. You're like, no. But then there's times Missing that Missing time phenomena. <laughs> but then I also have times like the other night where I had this long dream. And I woke up and I thought, oh, it's got to be about time to get up and get ready. And I looked at the clock and it was like 1130. Oh, I, I have those. Oh, yeah. I have like I swear the longest dreams in my five minutes news between my alarm clocks. <laughs> yeah, I swear I'll I be. Too. I feels like I'm in there for hours, <laughs> and I wake up and I'm like, "There's no way that was a five minute dream." <laughs> oh, absolutely, I'll do that too. All that just shows how relative time is, really. Mm-hmm. I'll have my alarm go off at like six thirty, and I'm like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna sleep for just a little bit longer." Then I have this big, like, long, like, four or five hour dream, and I'm like, oh God, it's like 10 30. <laughs> I'm so late for work. <laughs> yeah, I had one the other day. I was, it was a really, but no, then it's like 6 35. <laughs> it's a really good, in fact, it was a dream that we had hit the lottery. Oh, and I went back to our old haunted house out in the country, and here's money. I just walked up to the door and I was like, I'll pay you, I think I said, I'll pay you 500000 for this house right now. And they were like, okay. And so I was like, you have until next Tuesday to pack up and leave. And they did. And we moved in. And in my dream, we're out working in the yard and getting it all cleaned up. And the kids are playing in the trees and climbing the trees. And so, just- so let me get this straight. In your wildest of dreams where you have lottery type money, you're actually working oh, yeah. on a property. Yeah. Very cool. Especially that house. Like, that house, it's always been a dream of mine to go back and get that house. I love that house. Most people don't have that kind of dedication to work with the land. <laughs> yes. It's got love, so much beautiful land. A lot of my dreams in, come from doing something, like, working-wise. Also, in that dream, the Indian ghost spoke to me. Yeah. and he took, And he told me that the reason he had not appeared to any of the, the, previ- the pa- owners between us like, because I know the people who, like, I'm friends with the people who bought the house from us. And they never experienced anything in that house. And I don't know about these new new people who own it, but the reason he never showed himself to them was because they didn't take care of the land the way we did. And that he chose to take care, or to protect us because we took care of the land. And I thought that was really interesting that that happened in my dream because we were the ones who landscaped it. We planted a bunch of trees. We cultivated for gardening. And we always, you know, it was... Dad was always working in the yard. He was always working outside in the yard, taking care of it. So I thought that was really interesting. So I don't know if I was really speaking to the (laughs) Indian ghost or if I was just, you know, making our family seem cooler. But (laughs) 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 yeah. Dreams are cool. But if we win this eight, it's $805 million right now, uh, I think. The, the Powerball is $640 million, And then the Mega Million is $860 million or something so like that. So if we hit this... On, I almost went and bought a Powerball today. On my way here, had, I was like, should I stop and pick up a Powerball ticket? I also had a dream the next night that I bought three Powerball tickets, random numbers, and one Mega Million. And that's how we won. So I got to go do that and buy three random Powerballs and one random Mega Million. I don't remember which one we won in the dream. But (laughs) then if we win it, 
I'm walking up to that house and saying, I'm paying you 500000 for this house right now. I'll give him 30 days to get out. I'll give him more than a week. But <laughs> you give him time to find a place to live. <laughs> nope, you're out on your own. <laughs> Fuck you. <coughs> now, with the way synchronicities happen for us, you better get on this and do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was seriously thinking, I was like, I need to buy a Powerball ticket. For some reason, I didn't do it. I talked myself out of it. But like for some reason, I've never had the urge to buy a Powerball ticket. And I was stopped at the gas station to get drink and cigarettes on the way here. And I was like, should I get a Powerball ticket? No. And the whole drive here, I'm like, I should stop at the gas station and pick up a Powerball ticket. I should stop at the gas station and pick up a Powerball ticket. I'm telling ticket. you, my card's been telling me to follow my intuition. So I will be buying mm-hmm. tickets. Maybe go tomorrow and buy some tickets. Let's say power, or the Powerball is tonight and it's Wednesday. And then Mega Millions is Tuesday and Friday, I Tuesday think. Tuesday and Friday, yeah. That's the one we do at the shop. Anyway, back to aliens. <laughs> also, if I win this, um, I'm going to... Uh, oh, I, where <laughs> I was going to go with this when we got onto the whole thing. What if, instead of UFOs, what if for... Kind of going back with Dave's astral thing or, you know, slip into a consciousness thing, subconscious thing. Because what if it's not a UFO, but some kind of light phenomenon that is pushing people into... People who are actually looking at it into this unconscious state like a translate yeah state? yeah allowing them to see what they're seeing and everything pushes and them into like the subconscious yeah and it's causing the time slips and and then where there's massive um, groups like that it's like a it pushes them into like that group subconscious yeah speaking of the it's actual always point. a light they see first that it's a bright light and what is to say it's not a bright light that they're seeing and just yeah out and that's a really good point Speaking of uh, the astral plane, on the Green Mushroom Project, we're in the middle of constructing an astral space. And probably by the time this releases, it'll be over with and um, be ready to be released and stuff. Um, listen for that from uh, Lux Occult Podcast from Lux Estrada. Uh, she's going to put up a thing for how to reach there. Ooh. And if you're initiated in the project, you can come on in and uh, benefit from it and work inside there and do anything else. Very awesome. Uh, going back to my thing, though, I also thought, so you know how the grandmother and the mother had switched spots. What if, like, the mother who was driving, like, what if had fallen into this, like, her and the children had fallen into this and the grandmother hadn't, and she's freaking out and, you know, moves the mom into the passenger seat and is trying to get in the car to drive away. Oh. And then she slips into it, looking at the light. And that's why when they woke up, they were in different spots. Just maybe she was like, oh, no, I got to get my kids out of here. Oh, boy. What are and they freaky frighting? Switch spots. Oh, switch consciousnesses? Switch bodies. Oh, switch bodies, which I guess would be switching consciousnesses. Depending on what angle you looked at it from. <laughs> they freaky frighted and then they freaky frighted back. Oh, now I think <laughs> I think they said that the car was turned. I can't remember what they said on Unsolved they, Mysteries. They the, was the well, car turned off. I think they they the pulled over was, and turned off. To no, the car was. Par- they pulled over, and then the car in front of them pulled over as well. And then when they came to, they were like in front of like a gas station or. No, they were still on the side of the road. I think. I thought they were at like at a gas station or something. Maybe I'm thinking of a different story. No, I think they were still on the side of the road there, except for the only thing is, the mother and grandmother were in. Different, okay. different seeds. Okay. 
But I want to I'm, say he said something about the igni- ignition, like the car was turned off or the the car was the turned keys off. The keys weren't, in, weren't the ign- in the ignition. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's what it was. The keys weren't. And that's why I was thinking that's the story that they were actually they had gone to like a store in town or something, but the keys weren't in the ignition, and they didn't know how they got there, and then they they were switched. Mm. I don't remember that, but it could be. But see, then it would make sense, though. You know. The grandmother's like, oh, no, I got to get my children out of here. Moves the mom. The keys fall. And then she, and gets, then she gets in the driver's seat looking for the keys and then looks up, sees the light, and stares at it and then out into the yeah. subconscious. I kind of like the theory of like the hypnotizing lights. Yeah, the, I do, too. Because, yeah, just, they, they a, are always lights first, then the yeah. craft. And it would, I mean, it would make sense because I mean, when you see the videos of unknown or not UFOs, but the light phenomenons and stuff, I mean, you're kind of drawn into them. You're just staring. Like, Whoa, what is this? And what's to say if you if they were closer and bright enough that they would trigger some kind of? Oh yeah, that even goes all the way back to folklore of people following willow wisps yeah. off yeah. into the swamp and off cliffs and dying and stuff. That was also the in this one was on the on the unsolved mysteries episode. There was the girl that they were getting ice cream, and with the family, and they were in the car, and the dad saw it and he started chasing it. Yeah, I think yeah. Oh yeah. He's like, we gotta chase this thing, and she they're all like, no, 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 and then they lose a big gap of time. Maybe that's the that one, one that. They ended up at another location. I don't remember. There was somebody who ended up at another location, and they didn't know how they got there. <laughs> uh, there was that girl that wound up out by the lake. No, I mean, they were in the car. It was like a family yeah. in the car that ended up in another location. Yeah, the girl that ended up in the lake. The boy who ended up in the back of the property. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't... I just could definitely see, even even if it is UFOs, but their way of abducting people doesn't really like a tractor beam that pulls you in. But as much as just a hypnotic light that just, yeah. I mean, because everyone's enthralled by. And it did seem to pick lights. and choose people in certain areas because there's the boy who was running in place and his brother was there and the babysitter and neither of them got abducted. Yeah. But yeah, then you have family carloads of people who all got abducted. Well, that also makes me think of the Travis Walton when. He immediately hops out of the truck and, and gets drawn towards and, it, and gets drawn towards it while everybody else is back yelling for him to come back. And then I, I think, I, like I said, I think it might could be a whole thing of you know them staring at it, and it's yeah. you know looking at it from a different angle where the light's not directly on you or something. And the can, babysitter was watching him running yeah. in place trying to figure. Yeah, it out. Yeah, she might look up and see the UFO, but isn't looking at the light as much as the shat ship or ship, and then. Mm-hmm. The boy just standing there trying to run in place. Yeah. And he said he claimed he heard uh, telepathically them say, you need to go home now. And he said he hopped up and said, I got to go home. And then took out the door. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he didn't describe it like his intuition was like, hop up and get out of the house. It was an actual voice. Yeah. He thought God was telling him that he needed to go home was what he said. He said, I thought God was telling me I needed to get home. Yeah. So he was called out of the house by whatever this was. Yeah, he just bolted. Yeah. 
It's a very interesting story. Go watch the YouTube. Look it up. Not YouTube, um, the Netflix series. Yeah, the Netflix series, not the YouTube. There is not a YouTube thing for it. I actually looked it up. I've had three beers now. <laughs> <laughs> there is a six-minute video of someone being excited that it's on Unsolved Mysteries. That's the only two YouTube <laughs> video I saw. Like a reaction video. Not even to the episode, but just, just to the, the, to the, the news that it was going to be on there. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to start doing those. See how many follower likes and subscribers I can get. Probably a lot. YouTube's very popular. Our daughter watches a lot of stuff on there of... Uh, oh, I watch YouTube every day. People sure. playing video games, or she watches this one. This girl, she just puts on makeup. Yeah, that's all she does. She just puts on her makeup There's and a like, lot of makeup tutorial videos. I mean, it's not even a tutorial. She's just putting on her makeup and just talking okay. about whatever, like in the morning. Yeah, pretty our, positive stuff, you know. Our daughter wants to be a YouTuber. Yeah, so she's getting it all figured out, practicing her lines and things. <laughs> so when her YouTube goes live, we will. <laughs> Definitely plug it on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So she's a bit young yet. Oh, yeah. She could be a little bit older. But I don't know. Somebody like like Ryan's World. He started doing that when he. Yeah, that's true. Those are the parents doing it. And the parents are doing it to make money. And Ryan's World's pretty cool. They do a lot of really cool experiments and is a really educational one. But there's some other ones that the kids watch that I'm like. They are literally just pimping their kids out on YouTube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I would say doing anything for the financial, as like doing it because you think you're going to get rich, it's not the reason to be doing things. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah. If we only did the podcast to get rich. We would have stopped a long we, yeah. time ago. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we got and, excited and I, I over $3 on yeah. the Patreons. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it would have the production it does. Because, I mean, we talk about stuff we're, like, passionate about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. And if we were just I've just known a lot money, of people who try to start streaming and stuff because they think they're going to make a bunch of money. And then they don't make anything for the first couple months. And they're just like, oh, this sucks. Yeah. And it's like, no, you got to be passionate about what you're doing. Every dollar yeah. we've made, we get excited over. Yeah. Like, we mm-hmm. made $3 on Patreon, and we're like, woo! <laughs> and then we <laughs> we sold some t-shirts, and we're like, woo! <laughs> Not nearly enough to cover any of the production costs. It's just exciting. Yep. Um, we don't care about that. Yeah. We just want you to keep listening. It's more exciting to know that people are wanting our merchandise. Yeah. But yeah. they're listening and find it cool. When, yeah. Speaking of Especially because you, you designed a lot of it. I designed all of it. Especially because you designed all of it. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of merchandise, if you want to get your own UMP Normalcy merchandise, your own Wear Cow merchandise, or your own Oklahoma Octopus merchandise, you can go to our website and go to the, I think it's shop um, link, and you can either look at everything on our website or you can go to the Redbubble link and look at everything on their site, which is what has prices and all that stuff. Um and order it from there. And we truly appreciate that. Because when you wear a UMP normal shirt or you a cow wear a cow shirt, you're advertising and showing people how much or showing people how much you like our podcast. Yeah. And that means a lot to us. I hope to one day go into a store to actually be able to go into a store. And <laughs> see somebody wearing one of our shirts. Um, I've heard that it's really good quality merchandise. I haven't bought any of the stuff from Redbubble yet. I bought it from our previous supplier, and it was good. 
but I've heard that this stuff is great. So I'm excited. I need to, I need to order some of it. I plan on it once we get another round of stimulus. (laughs) Um, but yeah, our website is umpnormalcy.com. Also, go to our Facebook page and our Instagram and our Twitter. Like us and, and follow Discord. us. And our Discord, yes. At UMP Normalcy. The links are all in the description below. Um, so if you if you want to join the Discord, I think there's the invite on our Facebook group and Facebook page, I believe. Yes. And then you do Facebook, not only like our page, but also join our group on Facebook where we do all our cool stuff. Um There'll be links in the show notes. Yes, and there's also a link on our Facebook page. But you can find it at Unearthing Paranormalcy group or UMP Normalcy. Also, don't forget about Paranormal Month. Or Parabox pa- Monthly. Parabox. Don't forget about Parabox Monthly. My new shirt. Battle of Los Angeles. I'm wearing it now, and it's my favorite. It's been hard to pick favorites until today, and this shirt is just my favorite. Which Battle of Los Angeles lost out to the Montauk Project because we were going to do them both together. And I looked at the Battle of Los Angeles and I was like, this is really just like a failed military attempt. There doesn't (laughs) seem to be a lot of, I mean, yeah, there's unexplained aerial phenomena, but outside of that, there's really not a lot to it. I think we covered a little bit of it in a previous episode, but we didn't go deep into it or anything. Yeah, we just kind of talked about it. But I think it tied into what we were talking about that episode. It's got UFOs and aliens on it, and I love it. <laughs> so check it out. Link is in the description. Use the link in the description um, to go to their page, and then we get credit for it. And then also, when you check out, use promo, co- promo code Paranormalcy and get 10% off your first order. I was totally wrong. The Battle of Los Angeles didn't lose out to the Montauk Project. It lost out to the Rendlesham Forest. Incident. It did. Yeah. I was like, it ran lost out to something, but it went. Yeah, it was. I think that was the one that we, and then we just talked about it a little bit because we were talking about military and UFOs and that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, I think that's I think that's everything. We love you guys. You guys are amazing. Keep mm-hmm. the messages coming. The Facebook posts are awesome. Like us and review us on whatever podcast app you use. Um, if you don't. If there's not a place to review us or any of that on your podcast app, go to our Facebook page and do it there. Also, leave um, us some episode ideas if there's something you think we should cover that you think is cool, and we'll look into it. Go listen to our friends' podcasts, yeah. Grognostics, Face Blind Council, Fool's Guide to the Occult, Lux Occult, P.I.O.T. Paranormal, Ad Hoc History. That's another one. Yeah. We got lots of podcast buddies now. Oh, awesome. Smuts Up. Oh yeah, smuts so I feel up. like we need to start a network. <laughs> just <laughs> all be part, like just have everyone join in. Yeah, but thank you guys, and until next time, keep digging. <laughs> Sixty nine.